Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we're tackling Season 6, Episode 21, Hindsight. The original air date for this episode was May 6th, 1991. It was directed by Michael Priest. I've written Grease in my notes. I'm pretty sure that's Priest. <laughs> and it was written by Rick Middleman. Uh, Good job, Rick. Well, I don't want to... <laughs> Sure. Uh, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, clip show. That's is, good enough for me. This is like pretty much... Um, <laughs> Pete's going to the hospital to get his surgery for his glaucoma, which would be a great episode if it wasn't a clip show. Yeah. And someone is sending him cryptic evil messages. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, for some reason, he kept it a secret from MacGyver that he's going in from surgery, even mm-hmm. though he's already made it very clear to people that he was going to go get surgery. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he faked a vacation, and uh, MacGyver was able to track him down. So the episode starts with MacGyver arriving at the hospital, mm-hmm. um, and then he heads into Pete's room, and they have an argument, and MacGyver is kind of rude to this guy who's prepping for surgery. Mm-hmm. Basically, Pete's like... My vision is everything. If I can't, you don't need me anyway. Even if this goes wrong, yeah. I, I can I can leave and you won't need me. Yeah. Imagine right. me trying to pass the survivor's test right now yeah. without the ability to see 10 feet in front of me. So MacGyver starts trying to give him some like encouragement like of how much he needs Pete. Yeah. And uh, the first thing he brings up is when he and Mei Jan were trapped on the rooftop of the Chinese consulate from Children of Light. Right. Now they have a zip line down. Right. Um, this is like the craziest part. So MacGyver puts the bent aerial on top of the line. This would be so painful. Yeah, because they slide down and he puts his coat up over it, which I, I'm, I'm assuming he's trying to use it as a brake as a bit. Yeah. Like just like the friction and like putting tension on it like would help slow them down. Yeah. But they hit the ground so yeah. hard. And it doesn't really look staged. Yeah. It looks like... It looks like they came in a lot hotter than they were supposed to. Yeah. And hit the ground too hard. Because... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, like, was, you know, sitting in a chair for the rest of the week. Like, yeah. not walking. Because uh, MacGyver, like, kind of, like, stumbles away, but she full-on face plants. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, man, right on the sidewalk. Yeah. And Pete points out right away, as he should, that... Anyone could have done what Pete did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really necessary for him to yeah. be around. Um, and then when MacGyver tries to point out another one, they go to deep cover. Right. Um, and he's talking about when MacGyver almost got drowned in the submarine. So uh, MacGyver is looking for his, his escape route. And luckily inside there's a tank of pure oxygen. Right. Which he's used this exact same technique previously when he was locked in the front of a boat that they tried to sink. Yeah. And he found an oxygen tank in there. Yeah, but in this one, in that one, he used the oxygen tank pirates? as a... Yeah. Yeah. He, he, but in that one, he used the oxygen tank as a missile to bust the door. In this one, he's actually filling the void space with oxygen gas, yeah. which he intends to ignite and explode. Yeah. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, oxygen is extremely combustible. Yep. Um, that's why fire doesn't go out. Yeah. And <laughs> it's in oxygen. And that's why they use liquid oxygen to launch rockets. Yeah. Uh, so 
Pete arrives at the uh, at the site and just starts looking around. Meanwhile, MacGyver has rigged a flare gun on a string to ignite the oxygen. But of course, there's a moment where it comes loose, so MacGyver is forced to come up and fix it. But he takes a big gulp of air when he comes up. Yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, that's probably not good for you." Yeah. Because, as we know from Fight Club, inhaling pure drug, oxygen. Yeah. It, it getting, calm as Hindu cows. <laughs> getting too much oxygen in your system can make you euphoric, dizzy, and can lead to lack of consciousness. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I was like, "Oh God, I hope he doesn't pass out." But I think it was really quick. But yeah. still. It's all oxygen. It's an all-oxygen environment. <laughs> Did you hear that oxygen bar down the street finally closed? Oh, really? They were out of their element. <laughs> Get out. Well, I live here. <laughs> oh, man. So he ignites the, the oxygen and the top yeah, of the submarine. Yeah, Pete's like stupidly just wandering around in the parking lot. Yeah, like, until he's I wonder where MacGyver's dying. <laughs> and then Boom. finally the building next to him just erupts and MacGyver comes popping out of the top of it. And Pete, MacGyver, what are you doing in there? The backstroke, Pete. <laughs> Which I think we made that joke here for a recent episode. Something about, what is this doing in my soup, the backstroke? I don't remember <laughs> what it was. Oh, the gun. The gun that uh, MacGyver throws in when he's rescuing Mei Chan. Yeah, what is this gun doing in my soup? The backstroke. Pete makes that point. Oh, well, I didn't do anything for that. You surfaced on your own. And then he said, yeah, but you threw me a life preserver. He's like, okay, because you can't swim. Um, You know, know, it's funny, like, retroactively looking back at that episode, you know what they could have done? What's that? Have MacGyver do his plan, but it actually just blows out some of the windows on the submarine and... But creates enough turbulence in the pool that Pete sees it, but not enough to open to get MacGyver out. Yeah. And so Pete has to but get him out. But Dana would make Dana Elkhart do a stunt like that, where he has yeah. to jump into a pool and like yeah. pull MacGyver out of a window. But but then it would have been such a more meaningful thing. Like MacGyver's yeah. plan was enough to signal Pete. Yeah. Um, but not enough to get out. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to shoot. I I mean, I guess it would have been Don S. Davis doing the work. Yeah. But um, yeah, but then they move back to. Um, Pete's trying to explain the difference between the examples that MacGyver's come up with because mm. in in this situation, he's completely helpless, whereas MacGyver has had full access to his faculties. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then MacGyver quite succinctly points out, oh, but what about that time when I was in a coma and yeah. you kept people from killing me? But MacGyver hears the commotion, rushes over, and uh, chases the, the thief outside. Right. Where they have a... A bit of a scuffle. MacGyver's able to rip the gas mask off and identify, see his face. Right. So the guy throws him off, like, the third floor of this parking structure. He lands on top of a car. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty hard landing. And then we cut back to MacGyver and Pete in the hospital for a second before going back to the full scene from Passages. Yeah, where he's, uh, uh, where he's, like, basically where he's, like, grabbing Pete's hand. Yeah, it's and it goes. It starts with Mac and Harry getting locked in the engine room. Um, they decide to lock Harry and MacGyver in the engine room. Right. And and I love like the the again the Burser characters like there's always one on every yeah. ship. Like I don't want to die. Uh, <laughs> How childish an impulse! <laughs> it's like 
I haven't heard that one a million times. Uh, so uh, they lock him in the engine room, and meanwhile, uh, uh, I, I remember. When this scene was unfolding, I was joking in my head, like, oh, he should do a MacGyverism and break out of this boat. Because that's so ridiculous that mm-hmm. this metaphorical passage to the afterlife <laughs> would actually have the props in it that he needs to escape yeah. the room. But no, that's what happens. And also, that this ship uh, functions on real-life physics. Yeah. Because um, what if Anubis just went, like, Use the magic spell to keep yeah, the door from like, ever right, opening. You stay in here. This door will never open again. There's because... nothing outside this room. Everyone else disappeared. Yeah. Uh, if you can get this door open, you're going to get sucked into a vacuum of space. <laughs> Death for the dead. Uh, so they're locked in the engine room, and MacGyver, uh, Harry and MacGyver kind of like have a moment about talking about like them being in tough situations. Yeah. And Harry brings up a time where they got stuck in the mud, and they used the Jeep's uh, wheels as a winch. Right. Which, when I was thinking about, like, wouldn't that just tear the Jeep apart? It <laughs> seems like it would be like, bad for it. Like, if it's putting too much, so much torque on one axle, yeah. like, it's that it's pulling an entire Jeep. I don't know. It just seems like maybe it would work. Yeah, it depends on the vehicle. Yeah. I think of, Jeeps of, are pretty yeah, much, like, Jeeps indestructible. Are sturdy, yeah. Um, but the way they locked this door was they jammed a fire axe into the wheel that you would spin to lose right the door. so the wheel can't rotate yeah because so the, they have... the problem that they're having is that they can't turn the yeah they can't turn the wheel to get the door open yeah and there's only one but door they've been locked in a room with a giant axle yeah um and the, and so yeah the the uh, propeller shaft is in the room with them because they're in the engine room by the way interesting fact the propeller shaft would never be not spinning when, when a ship, even when a ship is in uh, in port or in dock, and we talked about this, I think, in the countdown episode. Yeah, the the propeller shafts are always spinning. They're spinning slow, but they're always spinning because, because these they would just be malformed if they ever stopped. They're yeah, too because heavy. yeah, they're they're so heavy and massive that they would sag over time. So by constantly rotating, it at least evens out. Yeah. the the potential, which is sag. unfortunate for them because they're gonna have to stop it. Yeah, if they ever want to get this fire hose up. Um, but yeah, luckily it's already in a stopped position. Yeah, and uh, uh, so they wrap this fire hose around it, which I think that the fire hose would just continue to slip around the propeller. That's true. It would be very well lubricated. Too. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that you could actually grip it to the propeller yeah. in any kind of way. But apparently, that's what happens here. Yeah, um, and I also think that the fire hose would give way before the door would. Um, yeah. Or well, the door doesn't really give way. It's more the the axe that gives. The way. axe gives way, but I think it would probably just rip that metal wheel off of the door. Yeah, or probably. bend it in such a way. Like I think that there are too many things that went could have gone wrong with this yeah. whole situation. Um, but luckily, it works out perfectly. Yeah, it it the uh, hose is tied around the wheel in such a way that the axle is pulling it counterclockwise to Correct, snap yeah. the. To snap the axe off from the outside. Yeah, because and he, then they're able to unlock the door. Because he has it fed through like a, a section of pipe that's like at a, so the rope's at like a ninety degree angle. Right. Yeah. Instead of just being pulled straight away from the door. Yeah. I still say it would have ripped that wheel right yeah, off the door. Probably. Um, so uh, so now they're back out on the deck, and uh, they uh, find like the the emergency lifeboats, which. <laughs> I was like, wait a yeah. minute. Where do you go when the afterlife ship yeah. sinks? Yeah, what's going to happen? Are these people going to drown and go to a new 
a new afterlife. <laughs> Where it's an even different kind of boat. Welcome to Heaven 2. Um, so uh, MacGyver is going to be uh, winched down uh, instead of a, a, on a lifeboat. They're just using the winch to lower himself down. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so as he's going down, like his heartbeat starts to, to kind of go. But Anubis catches Harry and them and just just immediately just starts retracting the winch. Yeah. So this is actually a really fun scene. I really liked this. That MacGyver starts trying to kick off of the boat to get like enough leverage to yeah. jump off. And each foot plant and jump it corresponds with them with the uh, defibrillator pumping MacGyver's like heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I really liked like the sound effect of him kicking off a boat with the clear like yeah. sound. Uh, uh, and he so he jumps off and grabs a hold of the edge of the pier. And he almost loses his grip. Yeah, he, he almost, gets down to just his like fingernails. Yeah, and then he, you just see his one hand fall, and then Pete catches it. Yeah, it's like it's oh, a neat cut. Yeah, it's it. it's really good. Mac tells Pete that he was ready to die, but he came back for Pete, and yeah. I said, "Oh, for Pete's sake." Ah. <laughs> uh, um, and when uh, in in the in this clip from passages, and I don't know if we mentioned it on the original podcast or if this is like new to this edit or if I just didn't catch it before. But when, uh, Pete's like, Oh, he's, he's grabbing my hand. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's coming out of it. And then the doctor, it sounds like he says, your friend is quite a fighter, Mr. Thorn. (laughs) Like he doesn't know what the character's name is because he's like new to the show, but I, but he wasn't the doctor. But he had been in another episode, but I guess Pete wasn't in that episode. The doctor had been in another episode. Yeah, he played Sparky in um, the the Ma Dalton. He was like the the owner oh, okay. of the bar. But yeah, it just sounds like he says, "Oh, your friend is quite a fighter, Mister Thorn." But maybe he says Thornton. I'm mm. not sure. Um, yeah, and then we move back to uh, Pete and MacGyver in the hospital, mm-hmm. and Pete for some reason is able to refute this yeah. argument too. Yeah, he 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 tells MacGyver that well, you couldn't have known about your grandfather because it was all a dream, um, and. Uh, that they both survived. Uh, Pete confesses to MacGyver that he's scared about it and he doesn't want to be dependent on other people because he's always been so independent. Yeah. And MacGyver then brings up a time where they were trapped in and the MacGyver cellar. And MacGyver was dependent on Pete to yeah. come up with a solution. Because mm-hmm. usually MacGyver's the one who comes up with all the inventions. But uh, they were locked in a basement with grenades in their hands. Yeah. And Pete had the, the way out for, mm-hmm. for an easy target. So MacGyver and Pete want to just basically – well, first of all, Pete's trying to come up with the ideas because Mac's still mad at him, I guess. Right. He's like, why don't you come up with an idea, Pete? He's like – and like, how about we throw one of the grenades up there? He's like, nah, it's not going to work. That will bring the whole place down on us. <laughs> we'll be using that phrase again. Yeah. Uh, like, and then Pete says, how about we replace the pins and the grenades? It's like, that's all. not a terrible idea. Yeah, it's good. And he's know? looking at Pete's badge mm-hmm. and the metal that – like in the hooks of his badge. Yeah, yeah, from the from the ski lift. Yeah, it's basically just a paperclip that's been like twisted around to yeah. hold the the ski lift badge. Um, and so MacGyver's plan, instead of just having Pete hold the other grenade, says, oh, "But we just we're just gonna put this under your put big, this right under your chin. <laughs> put this under one of your chins." And oh. <laughs> sorry, that's mean. Um, but Pete, yeah, he takes the grenade in such a way that if 
things were to go wrong, it would just blast his head clean off. Yeah, and like you're you're sweating, you're nervous. Like, put it under his foot, put yeah. it on the ground, and have him step on it. There's like a million ways yeah. to handle this live grenade. But instead, they do this. But yeah. then MacGyver is able to peel this metal thing out and unfold it and replace the pin in the grenade. Mm-hmm. So that way Pete can just drop it on the ground. Yeah. And it doesn't go off. And uh, so then they do it to the other. Right. So Pete is kind of like coming around. He's, he's in a bit of a cheerful mood. And MacGyver says he has to go meet Willis and at the foundation. So Pete says, oh, well, when you're, when you're there, can you hand him, give him this letter? It's my yeah. resignation letter. Uh, so that's, you know, these are all like the act breaks whenever these things happen. Yeah. And uh, he also talks about the, what they're facing. Um, the, the surgery is called a trabeculectomy. Yeah. Which is when they remove Alex Trebek from your eyes. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about a film festival. It's, it's when your eyes are in jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they get the first note, right. I think. Yeah. There's, there's some flowers that came in, and they're from Brainwashed No More. Yeah. Um, they suspect that it's Jack's doing because he was brainwashed. He was in an episode called Brainwashed. And, and he was brainwashed. But so was Pete. Yeah, but which is so weird because then Pete says, Jack Dalton, brainwashed, but I had nothing to do with that. And it's like, what are you talking? No, you were both brainwashed You're at the same both time. brainwashed. What do you mean you had nothing to do with it? You're the one who shot somebody or tried mm-hmm. to shoot somebody at the actual like award ceremony. Yeah. And MacGyver investigates and finds the recording of From the Bottom of My Heart, I Salute You, playing over and over and right. over again. And There should the, have been another recording playing, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also a visage of uh, President Dakara and the bright shining star. Yeah. So MacGyver's trying to piece everything together as Jack enters the room armed with a gun. And it just immediately takes a shot at MacGyver. Yeah. So MacGyver tries to use the trigger from the bottom of my heart, I salute you. And you think it looks like Jack is like responding to it. And MacGyver's saying, okay, now put down the gun because you don't need to do this anymore. And Jack just brings the gun back up and starts shooting again. Yeah. And actually hits MacGyver in the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he clips him in the arm. Um, and so MacGyver realizes that uh, the trigger's been changed, because yeah. probably because they know that MacGyver's getting close, or they suspected that the Phoenix Foundation may have started some kind of uncover of the right. project. Yeah, yeah. So MacGyver distracts Jack with the the original recording again, and Jack's kind of looking around for where MacGyver might be, and leads him back into the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. And Jack's already fired like a couple of rounds at this point, and my theory is. MacGyver's just trying to get Jack to unload the gun. So he keeps standing in front of like mirrors that Jack just keeps shooting. But the more Jack shoots, he starts getting like, he starts freaking out. Like, yeah. He's dripping with sweat. He's, His, it seems like he's almost like Dr. Strange loving it. Like yeah. the hand with a gun is dead set on killing MacGyver, but his other hand is like trying to wrestle with it. Yeah. Like when Dr. Strange love keeps like, yeah, my <laughs> trying to keep, yeah, he's trying to salute. We're like, nope. Don't nope. do that. We're in the American war room. Don't stop saluting the Fuhrer. <laughs> um, so much truth to that, though. I mean, because paperclip, Operation Paperclip. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Like bringing all these Nazi scientists over. Yeah. Um, Archer made a great joke about that. <laughs> it, was, it was like, have you ever walked into NASA? Yell Heil Hitler. Everyone jumps. 
Um, so MacGyver is just unloading, like, uh, Jack is unloading bullets at MacGyver, but he finally, like, collapses from the stress of killing his best friend. Yeah. And that's when MacGyver just approaches him. There's no sign that he's out of bullets, by the yeah. way. Um, what did we decide? He fires, like, nine shots? Yeah, at least. At so least potentially nine. three or four more shots. Exactly. Um, but MacGyver is convinced that Jack is out of it, out of the programming. But now they're starting to think that the note was more malicious because MacGyver smells it and there's perfume on it. Yeah. Um, and so now, for some reason, they suspect Santina. This is not the person I would go for. Yeah, especially since she was a good guy by the end of that episode. Yeah, I would go for either Deborah's still yeah, alive. Yeah, Deborah pulled a Murdoch and survived her mountain fall. Or Murdoch is doing this. Yeah, because, because he, dresses he dresses as a, a lady often. Yeah. Um, the, I don't know why they would make a jump to Santina because she is not the bad person in this. Yeah. Uh, but that's when another letter arrives for Pete. Uh and uh, uh, but the Santina after he says, "Oh, Sant- yeah, Santina, she was crazy." And then we get a, the clip of her firing a rocket launcher at a car, mm-hmm. and th- and but that, just completely out of context. Out of context. And then uh, later on, he says uh, they they come back to Pete and, and MacGyver for a second before they move back into the next Santina flashback mm-hmm. of setting up the jet assisted takeoff. Right. When their when their plane wouldn't take off in the lake. With them getting closer, they're running out of time, and they they're trying to figure out now how to get the plane off the the ground because there's not enough water for the seaplane to take off. And so Max's plan is to have Jack rev the engine up as much as possible with the plane tied down, so at yeah. least like the engine can get uh, up to speed. The highest RPMs before they even let go. Right, but Jack says that that's still not enough. Like right. it, you, that we would need some kind of additional boost. Um, he calls it jet-assisted takeoff. But they also have, yeah, Jado, jet-assisted takeoff. But they also have wheels. Yeah, uh, I guess it's because the ground's like uneven. I guess, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it seems like it doesn't seem like as big of a problem yeah. as it should be. Um, but when uh, Jack says jet-assisted takeoff, it, MacGyver remembers that they got the missiles still from the rocket launcher that they haven't been fired. And I just, I just like the reaction of MacGyver going, the Vipers. And Jack goes, the Vipers? Like, like he realizes, yes, that's a brilliant idea. Or he's like, snakes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> MacGyver's just covered in snakes. The Vipers. He's just draping snakes over the plane in the next <laughs> shot. How is this going to help MacGyver? Just shut up. Yeah, Vipers. Vipers. Uh, so. And then Luke Chen comes in. <laughs> Luke Chung. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. We're we're really confused because his name was spelled two different ways. Uh, So as the soldiers start to get closer, they start to set up some mortars and bombard around the plane. It seems like these guys don't want to kill anybody either because they miss by a long shot. They miss a lot. And they only brought two rounds. Yeah. Because the rest of them all got blown up. Uh, But then you would think you would make those two rounds count. Yeah. Rather than just, unless they were just trying to deter them from taking off. Like, well, but they clearly weren't because Raphael goes off on them. He's like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Uh, so they rev up the plane, and it's now like pulling on the line. They've got it tied down to a rock. Yeah, and they got some kind of like slip knot. That's supposed to. He's supposed to just be able to yank it and let it go. Right. But <laughs> I guess Jack tied it wrong. Yeah. He's like, "Your slip knot's not slipping." 
so Jack, uh, sorry, MacGyver is forced to crawl into uh, underneath the frame of the plane. Yeah, and just and, sit on the pontoons. Yeah, and then starts just cutting away at the at the rope. Yeah. Um, they had uh, they had rigged up the Vipers to the rocket launchers, which is weird. You have to break this piece of metal. Yeah. Like I don't get quite how it was working. It, when he takes apart the rocket launcher, he says like the fuse for the igniter is a is this little glass globe, and when it shatters, it bridges the circuit somehow right. and, and ignites the igniters. Um, so once they get the plane untied, Jack has to smash these two little orbs with a hammer, mm-hmm. which ignites the the two missile launching rockets. And I've hope I'm assuming that they've taken the charges out, yeah, um, the explosive charges out, uh, and so the plane starts zooming down the water and with the soldiers opening fire. Yeah. But this time not hitting anything vital, including MacGyver hanging out underneath. Right, yeah, yeah. So Pete has to go get his EKG done, and so MacGyver has to leave. I don't know why. Uh, but he's going to look into the notes, and that's when we see a mysterious woman get into a cab. And, and this is definitely supposed to be a Murdoch red herring. Yeah. Uh, she has to get into a cab and head to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, it's almost the same angles that we see of Murdoch as Sarah. When, he, when he gets into <clears throat> Dalton's cab as Sarah in, in the Partners episode. And, and, all, and we also had a hospital attack scene. Yeah. But and it was, and it was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a man's voice, but a, a sort of deeper, like yeah. masculine type voice. It, it was so that definitely. It was on purpose casting to make it kind of sound like it could have been a man impersonating mm-hmm. woman's voice. He blew up my cab with a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> uh I can explain. You cannot explain bazookas. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot explain bazookas. <laughs> he just falls out of the bed. <laughs> um, so now that we've been hinted that this is probably Murdoch, right? We move into them realizing that it's possible this yeah. is Murdoch, and uh, we see a clip from Cleo Rocks, the one that terrified my child, um, but also the one that doesn't have Pete. Yeah. Pete's not involved in this one. Why yeah. wouldn't they pick a Murdoch one? Like, well, oh, they, we, no, they do. The, yeah, they move yeah, into it. Yeah, but it starts with just the scene where actually neither one of them is there. <laughs> it's just yeah. Penny Parker and Murdoch. Yeah. So I don't know which one of them is remembering this scene that they weren't present for. Yeah. And uh, he tries to grab hold of Penny, and Penny just Slashes scratches his face. His face. And she draws blood, but when she looks at her nails, and I thought it was just skin. Like, I thought it was yeah. like a big chunk of skin. But it's the prosthetic mask that Murdoch is wearing yeah. to cover up his scarred face. Right, and but, which he then slowly peels off to reveal to her that he is Murdoch. It's a horrifying reveal, yeah, too. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. And it, it hypnotized my daughter pretty well. <laughs> it, it, my I, two-year-old daughter who saw a guy peeling his face off on the television. Yeah, I likened it to Poltergeist. Yeah. When the guy's like looking in the mirror and just pulling his face yeah. off more and more. But she actually got through this the fake prosthetic and actually drew blood at the same face, time. Yeah. yeah. But then when he peels all the stuff off, there's no broken skin anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> he actually put a layer of fake blood and then Underneath applied the, the skin to yeah. make it for more realism. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's very thorough. Yeah. He's uh, a good man. And thorough. And thorough. The only part Pete was there for was when he's in the cage. Yeah. And that's the only thing he remembers. Yeah. Is being in that cage. Yeah. So he doesn't know yeah, what from happened. from his perspective. Yeah. He would just be in the cage the whole time. Um, but then they, yeah, they move into the whole MacGyver... Yeah. Uh, breaking out of the door without dropping Pete into the boiling water. Mm. 
Murdoch spells out the whole trap. He says, mm -hmm. we have Penny down here. MacGyver's coming here to get her. But when he opens this door, he's going to pull the release trigger mm -hmm. on your cage, which is going to drop you into this tank. Right. And he, he's going to – he informs MacGyver of all of this. Yeah. Because he wants MacGyver to make – actively make the decision that opening this door will kill Pete. So you think, obviously, MacGyver's not going to open the door, but the room that MacGyver's trapped in has a hydraulic press that's going to crush him today. Yeah, it's pushing the floor of his room up. Mm-hmm. So it's going to crush him against basically the stage floor. Yeah. Um, which is good because that gives him plenty of time to devise a way out. The smart way would have have it crushed down. Right. <laughs> to the point where he has no other way to go. Yeah, but because there's a window in the door, he decides that he's going to use basically a line from his jacket. He pulls a thread mm -hmm. out of his jacket and he ties it to his pocket knife so that he can go fishing for the trip line right. and unhook it from the release lever on this cage. Which I don't think would have worked. No, I don't think so either. Like, it was wrapped around in such a way that pulling it, pulling it would only trigger the lever. Yeah. Like, you'd have to pull and it. And he almost accidentally triggers it. Yeah, yeah. After he gets the thing unhooked. And, like, so, you know, Pete's trying to guide him. And eventually Pete just says, MacGyver, stop. Just open but, the door. But he says that one second into the attempt when yeah. MacGyver is... <laughs> impossibly close and the instructions that pete's giving are no help at all lower like, like, almost lower, closer closer to the wire move it closer to the wire like, hook the wire so you can let me go yeah <laughs> um in the meantime murdoch has taken penny down a side tunnel and he's handcuffing her to the to the ceiling yeah and penny's trying to to appeal to him to 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 the larue that's inside of murdoch right Saying that, that Jacques LaRue was, was a good man who was sweet and romantic and would never do this. And for a moment, Murdoch is like, that's because you brought that out in me, Penny. I don't even think it's for a moment. I think the whole time he's in love with her. I yeah. think that's why he was so gentle with her coming down the stair or the ladder. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think he was genuinely like everything he said on the stage he believed. Yeah. And he, and he tells Penny that, that I never thought that I could smile again Yeah. until I met you. And Penny's all... You're killing my best friends, and now you're telling me, I love you, Penny. Yeah. Instead of just going along with it and saying, you know what, I'll marry you if you let them go. Yeah, or, or like, like doing a cool thing that would be a joke later is like, like acting, like, you're like saying, I love you too, and then we can be together. Like, something to trick yeah, him. Yeah, something to get her untied at least. Yeah. Uh, but instead, she just totally rejects him, says he's insane. Gives him more reason to kill her friends. Yeah, and you can see that he's actually kind of hurt. By it. And he tries to, like, you can tell because he tries to put on a smile mm -hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, I'm not disappointed at all. Yeah, this, this is. But he's crushed by this. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver is able to now lasso the hydraulic, uh, the line to the hydraulics. Right. And. Uh, well, it's not the line to the hydraulics. Well, yeah, it's the, the line to the, the, to the. Lower the cage. The, yeah. Or just drop the cage, I guess. Yeah. Um, so now he just has, you know, the span of like a one foot length of the doorway yeah, yeah, to he, kick it open so that he can crawl out before he's crushed against the ceiling. Yeah, he gets out in the nick of time. It's a yeah. pretty scary looking thing. Uh, and uh, he swings Pete's cage over, but the lock is still there. And so he just says, you know, Pete, here, you take care of the lock. I'll go get Penny. And Does he give him that little piece of metal? Mm -hmm, yeah. So that's all he has to break the lock. And it's like. This, this would never work. And Pete's just kind of like going tap, tap, 
tap. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't this is going to work. work, MacGyver. Uh, MacGyver can hear Penny calling him, like, you know, or calling for him or Pete. Because yeah. she doesn't know who's going to get out alive. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver busts into the next room. Mm-hmm. And for Murdoch, this is, it's clear what happened. MacGyver just busted the door open and killed Pete. And, yeah. Um, he didn't hear, like, a scream or... I mean, but he could hear probably hear Pete saying, just open the door and save yourself. Yeah. Uh, but MacGyver doesn't correct him here. Like, he mm-hmm. just kind of says, like, oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? Like, Yeah. But he doesn't He doesn't say, no, I didn't kill Pete. And so yeah. this whole time I'm expecting Pete to just jump out of the shadows and attack yep. Murdoch from behind. But that, that was, it wasn't even for element of surprise. It was just, yeah, like, it was just, just for no reason he doesn't tell him that Pete's still alive. He's had a rough day. Yeah. Let him have that little victory. <laughs> uh, so now uh, <laughs> Murdoch is just going to shoot MacGyver. Yeah. And even MacGyver's like, after all of this, you're just going to shoot me? Come on. I've blown you up twice. I threw you off a cliff. You're going to shoot me? And Murdoch's kind of like, yeah, this is the way it's got to be. But Penny then perfects her kick. Kicks and the gun out of kicks his the gun right out of his hands, and they uh, MacGyver and Murdoch now have a scuffle. I think the last time we saw this kick was also the last time we saw that bird caged in uh, Murderer Sky mm. when uh, when he uh, the kid or was it MacGyver kicks it out of the guy's hand and into and into, into the kid's, the kid's hand. hands. Yeah. Um, so Penny gets loose as Murdoch and MacGyver scuffle back into the flaming pool room. Uh, Pete also manages to get loose, and while uh, Murdoch is, like, slashing at MacGyver with a pocket knife... And he uh, catches him in the palm. Yeah, right in the palm, slices it open. And this is very reminiscent to the fight on the cliff, where MacGyver's losing. Like, he's losing the fight. And uh, with a swing down, I can't remember what he swings at MacGyver with, but he knocks a cable loose from the control panel. Right. And... But it's... Not an important enough cable that the flames stop? No, no. It's just... There's just a giant cable down there that's running something that we don't even see. Yeah, he's got... Murdoch's got this gigantic control panel that you would see at, like, NASA. Maybe it was just running the press for the hydraulic press. I guess, but I think... But that was done functioning by then. Yeah, and and really all you need for that is a button. You don't need this huge control center panel. Um, So with the electrical line cut... MacGyver grabs it and then shocks Murdoch in the leg with it. Yeah, he touches it to the metal brace of his leg, mm-hmm. so it's going the whole way up his body. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I didn't catch that. I thought I'm he was pretty just... sure that's the implication. Yeah. Because he touches it to that shoe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's so much makes so much more sense. I thought <laughs> I thought he was just like hitting him with it, just straight up. Uh, but that, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, and of course, Murdoch does his classic MacGyver as he falls into just face first into the like, into, as we discussed before room temperature water oh, yeah and just so does not resurface yeah they don't go in after him they don't try to like oh you see bubbles coming up, yeah we see that he's still there yeah and we heard something that opened sounded like a sewer line being opened up <laughs> i was not as adept at identifying <laughs> the source of that sound and so yeah macgyver thinks that it could be murdoch so he has willis call the hospital and say no visitors yeah, uh, and then they say, "Okay, well, no visitors." But uh, his wife is already <laughs> no visitors, <laughs> no visitors. Okay, just the wife then. Just the wife. Uh, yeah. So the woman arrives at the hospital, and uh, and the Mac- MacGyver says, "Is there security on the door?" He's like, "Yes, but uh, don't worry, no visitors." But his wife just arrived. He's like, "His wife? 
He's been divorced for years. Call security. Get him up here now. Um, so MacGyver bursts into Pete's room. There we find Connie Thornton. Connie Thornton. Pete's ex-wife. A different actress this time. Yeah. We have Linda Darlow, who was Doc Beatty in the, the brainwashed episode. So actually. I guess she's brainwashed yeah. no more because yeah. she's not in that episode. Oh, I get it now. I didn't get it before. Also, nice. Nurse Crandall, who just let the wife in, is uh, Barbara Russell. Um, who played lots of characters on Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. and also credited as a feature zombie in Day of the Dead. Future zombie? F- featured oh. zombie. <laughs> so I guess she's one of the ones that gets a close-up. No, oh, okay. But not Bubs. Not Bubs. <laughs> Isn't that his name? The one that I, I, can communicate? I, I, um, is it Bub? Maybe it's Bub? Which, which okay, so... Day I, of the Dead is the one where the whole thing takes place underground... And there's almost no zombies in it, except for one. I've not seen it. Okay. Uh, because uh, Oh, I've yeah. Seen, you don't watch zombie movies. I don't like zombie movies. I've seen the original Night of the Living Dead, and I saw the 80s remake of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I've seen clips of the Sarah Pauly Dawn of the Dead. That one's good. Um, but that that's as far as the Romero zombie movies, that's all I've seen. Okay. Yeah, Day of the Dead. Oh, wait, no. I've seen, I've seen Night of the Living Dead Part 2. Yeah. The Day- crazy funny one. <laughs> The which one? Night of the Living Dead Part Two. Uh, where it's, where it's like in the small town with a corner, and uh, like they they have the zombies in barrels, and and then there's another. Is that Night of the Living Dead or is that? Uh, I mean, it's Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's like a different franchise technically. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like one of the zombies gets on a radio on the uh, and says, "Send more paramedics." <laughs> and there's like a Civil War zombie. And there's like the torso zombie that says, it hurts to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not, I don't think there's any talking zombies in the, yeah. in the entire uh, Romero franchise. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I don't like zombie stuff. Uh, yeah, so she's there. She's the one who's sending the really cryptic notes, which I guess she thought everyone would understand. Yeah. What? Even though she refused to sign them. Yeah. She signed them like she was writing to a gossip columnist. Mm-hmm. Signed, brainwashed, no more. Yeah. Dear uh, brainwashed, no more. Who the heck are you? I don't. Just put your name on this. Or just put your first name and a last initial. Yeah. Or first initial and last name. Just come on. You think on. she still goes by Connie Thornton? Well, they did. That's what they called her in this. But I mean, are they just calling her that because that's what they know her as? <laughs> or, oh. I mean, I don't. I guess she hasn't remarried, obviously. But she kept his name, yeah, she despite all all of the pain they've put each other through. Yeah, they have a son who's now in jail. Yeah, their convict son. God. What a terrible family. Yeah. Uh, so the next day is uh, Pete's surgery. Uh, Pete is very happy that Mac and Connie are there for him, and uh, Pete asks about what the response was for the resignation letter. He says, "Oh, there's been no response." Like, really? No one said anything? I was like, well, you said, Pete, um, all managers of personnel have to go through your desk first before they so go it's anywhere. So still sitting on your desk. He's like, oh, MacGyver, I knew you'd do something like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't just tear it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought that that was, like, the only part of the episode that I actually genuinely liked. Yeah. <laughs> because this episode, I'm sorry, at least the Deborah episode clip show had a plot. Yeah. Jack's looking for gold. People uh, are almost getting killed in yeah. that episode. Pete, Pete gets clocked in the head. People fall off mountains. 
Yeah. There, there, there's like a life lesson. This honestly felt like they had one shoot day left on their schedule. And they were like, can we make another episode? And then they were like, I guess. Can we use this hospital set and just do yeah. five scenes? Mm-hmm. We don't have any money for stunts or anything like that. So, clip show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's Even Friends had... I thought uh, Friends was is actually my favorite clip show so far because they brought the like all the regular characters back for one episode yeah. in person in addition to being in the clips. Correct. And they had like this whoever did set design for that episode made all these cool little dioramas that mm-hmm. were like little notes to each episode. Yeah. And that was really fun. And I think since then the clip shows have been kind of blah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, the, and uh, I definitely rank the Deborah one above this one though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This this one was just. And it's really like your standard clip show fair where someone's in the hospital. Yeah. And like they're remembering like things before a surgery. Even the Simpsons did it when Homer was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, it's just I don't know what we can even say about it. I it, think that's about it. Yeah, I feel really bad. It's a disappointing way to end the season. Yeah, for sure. And it was I assume the last thing they shot in Vancouver, unless they're they're shooting out of order. Well, because I I mean I you know we do our research in the production, but there must have been problems at this point because they they had to move out of Vancouver, um, and then the next season got a shorter request. Yeah, significantly shorter. So I mean, it seems like they knew this wasn't the last episode because there's no way they would have ended it on this note. Yeah. Um, I think Passages would have made a much better series finale. Um, and just have MacGyver die? Or or just decide, you know what, you're right, there's more people I can help, I'm going to live, but you're just, you guys aren't going to see it. Mm-hmm. But this is a stupid way to end the show. Um, so maybe they already got their order, but the order was for 14 episodes for next season. Mm-hmm. And they Which were, they realize is the death sentence. And I don't even know if it was for 14 episodes, because um, I know the Colton's pilot was supposed to end this season or it was supposed to be the last episode of season five or six. Okay. I think the last episode of season six it was supposed to be. But then they ended up not using it because, I don't know, there were schedule changes at the mm-hmm. network. And so they recycled it into being an episode for the last. So I think the actual order for the last season was 12 episodes. Mm. And the Fountain of Youth was another like lost episode that okay. they tacked on like, say, way like, later. I would say like, like the... Or Mountain of Youth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it for yeah. season six. That's it for Vancouver. I, I would be really upset if we weren't releasing episodes every day. Yeah. That, that you guys got got cheated in an episode because this is like 20 minutes. But don't worry because we're going to be right back next next, uh, next week next tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> next tomorrow with another episode. Um, so, uh, so if you guys have any thoughts on this clip show, I doubt you will. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. If you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. And tune in next week when we kick off Season 7 Yeah. back in Los Angeles, Episode 1, Honest Abe. Mm-hmm. Crazy so episode. Check it out. It's got and, an airwolf in it. And a Ben's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.